0: Hi, this is Olivia Berkman, and welcome to season two of Balance Sheet. As we're all starting to see a light at the end of the COVID-19 tunnel, we might be tempted to keep the past in the past and look forward to better, less challenging days. But if we turn the page on 2020, and let's be honest, the first month of 2021, we may lose out on the opportunity to learn and grow from the challenges we faced. Ultimately, there will always be uncertainty and heartache and strife. No one knows this better than today's guest, Brenda Zamzow. Brenda has faced enormous hurdles in her personal and professional life, any one of which might defeat a person. But for Brenda, current chief financial and administrative officer for the Girl Scouts of Greater Los Angeles, the hardships served as wake-up calls and inspiration. Her positivity is infectious, and her don't-sweat-the-small-stuff attitude is incredibly important during these trying times. Please enjoy my conversation with Brenda.
1: My mother had been suffering from Alzheimer's for about 12 years. She was diagnosed early, 65. And so I watched the progression and I watched how that affected my family, especially my dad, who was completely, and it, it, he was her caregiver. And just such a true testament of what a strong marriage and strong relationship are like, like lifelong love. Um, they met in high school, so they got married when they were in their early 20s and were married nearly 50 years when, when my mom finally passed on Christmas Eve of 2015. <laughs> Alzheimer's disease is one of the most horrific diseases on the planet, and anybody who has been touched by that, either, you know, friend, relative, aunt, uncle, parent, you know what I'm talking about. Right before that happened, about a year before that, I had been married for seven years, and I I had to tell my husband I needed a divorce. And um, he had done some things that um, broke our marriage vows in many ways. And I had to make the tough decision to say, I can't be married to you anymore. You have to leave. And that was really hard because I didn't get married till I was 44. I was a single professional woman, thinking maybe, you know, if a if guy came along, I would get married. And one came along when I was in my early 40s, and um, in hindsight, he should have just stayed my golf buddy. But I ended up falling in love with him and got married. But that didn't work out. He, He just was not marriage material. Professionally, I had been running my own business for about 12 years. It was an accounting consulting firm. So I placed interim CFOs and controllers at clients to do project work. Very, very happy and excited, and had been the top 100 women businesses in LA five years in a row. I mean, really was so proud of the business that I created from scratch and built on my own. And then, the, and I never recovered from the recession. And then the icing on the cake was I still had a couple people out in the field doing consulting projects for me. And um, one of them ended up uh, embezzling from one of my clients, and I got hit with a massive lawsuit. And I was doing my own little consulting on the side with the Girl Scouts of Greater Los Angeles, where I'm now gainfully employed. And during that year, too, it was right before my mom died, I discovered that someone was embezzling from them. Like two embezzlements I was dealing with at the time. And this one was actually super stressful because the FBI came in and did an investigation. Um, and I had to work with the guy for another two and a half months to actually catch him in the act. Early in my professional career, I had been diagnosed with something called Meniere's disease. So I had kind of been losing my hearing in my right ear for quite some time. Right when all of this stuff was going on, and I definitely think it, stress was related to it, but my hearing started going in my left ear and it, and it went dramatically, like not just progressive hearing loss, but like one day I woke up and I couldn't hear. When you're dealing with just life, you know, you, you need to hear. Face masks, that's a whole other story because I can't read your lips, right? You know, people who have perfect hearing tell me how frustrating it is they can't hear when people are wearing masks because the sound is so muffled. So not only is the sound muffled for me, but I can't read their lips and their facial expressions, which is so much a part of, of hearing and communicating. I grew up in a very happy, healthy household. Any of you that are from the Midwest or know know and have worked with Midwesterners maybe know what I'm talking about. But we sort of have a reputation for being pretty straightforward, pretty real and resilient, I guess. I grew up on a dairy farm. I was the fifth generation in my family to be born at the Zamzo homestead. My dad inherited the farm from his father, who inherited it from his father, who inherited it from his father, who was the immigrant who came over in the 1850s and picked out that piece of 150 acres and, and you know, cut the trees down and, and built the barn and all the buildings and every So there were boys all the way along. And then my dad had two girls. And so I was the oldest. And the farm kind of ended with us because as much as I loved growing up out in the country, I knew I was destined for something else. And I... I um, was the first in my family to go to college. That was a big deal, college. And then I went to London my first year out of college. I didn't have a job when I graduated from college. There was a big recession going on in the early 80s. So I graduated without a job, but I got an internship working for one of the big eight at the time, accounting firms, Arthur Young. Um, and I actually met and fell in love with somebody while I was over there. Uh, my My internship was for one year. And so when my internship was over, he put in put in for a transfer, and we ended up in California, and that's how I got here. When the recession really took a beating with my my business, um, I got a call one day. It was I think 2010 2011 from the current board chair of the Girl Scouts. Betsy called me and said, "We are going through a strategic plan, and we don't have a CFO on our staff. Do You have anybody in your consultant pool who might want to come in and do a project for us for a couple of months and i said, sure, let me, you know, and I hung up and about 30 seconds later, I'm like, why don't I do this? It might, you know, it could be really fun. I think I got the right experience for it. And um, when I was running my business, I didn't do any field work, but I I thought this would be the great, a great opportunity. So I went to work for them as a consultant, signed a three-month contract. I was going to just help them through the strategic plan and build some financial models and stuff like that. Well, it only took a week or two. And the CEO said, now, can you restructure our finance Team or finance department, and we need some new internal controls put in place. And you know what? Our budget season didn't go very well last year. Can you help us with that too? So, as what happens with lots of consultants, I came in and then they just gave me another project, another project. So, I actually ended up being the part time CFO for three and a half years. And it was during the time that I was a part time CFO. That I discovered the uh, the embezzler. So once we ended up going through the court case and him getting his sentence, he went to a, the federal penitentiary for a few years. The board chair and the CEO and the and the audit chair said, you really need to hire Brenda. That's when I said, you know, and mind you, the embezzlement was happening with my business and all this stuff was going on with me per- personally. So it was the perfect time for me to say, you know what? Loved my business, had so much fun in it, thought that was the only thing I was going to do for the rest of my life. But the Girl Scouts fell in my lap and it was the best thing that could have happened to me at the time. I'm in my 11th year now total between consulting and and working full time. And I I love my job. It's hard. I work hard. And I also right now have the pleasure of chairing our COVID um, return to work task force. So that's been a whole lot of extra time that I'm spending trying to keep our girls, our staff, our volunteers safe, as safe as possible. And, uh, you know, Los Angeles is a hotbed right now. So, you know, I put some really, really strict protocols in place to just keep everybody safe. We've all been remote since March, you know, we're not considered an essential business. So um, we're all working from home, like like most people are right now, now more than ever. Young girls and young women need to be connected. And the pandemic has really taken a toll on social interaction, uh, mental health and and all of that. So I think what we've done as a national organization and here locally in Los Angeles, is pivot quickly to virtual programming and trying to keep girls connected virtually. They are not able to meet in groups here in Los Angeles and in many parts of the country because they're still safer at home and can't gather outside of your household. So it's made it really challenging and really hard, you know, to bring new girls into the program and into Girl Scouting. But those that were established troops, you know, those girls are, they're really together, you know, they're connected and, so we're doing a lot of virtual programming and virtual troop meetings and, and things like that. and you know, it's been tough because, you know, most of our troop leaders are, are working parents and they're on a you know, they're sitting in front of their screen all day long. The girls are doing online and remote learning, so they're in front of a computer screen all day long. So the last thing they really want to do is sit in front of another screen again after all of that and, and have a troop meeting. But they're doing it and it's working and um, we're doing a lot of online activities. Um, so there's a lot of things that you know are moving and, and shifting to keep girls connected. Um, and then when this all lets up again, I think it's it's going to look very different, you know, nationally and also here locally. Um, we've been really raising awareness and for social justice and. We, probably almost a year ago now, established a DEI committee and we uh, created a new position on our management team for a DEI and a director. So the organization strategically is really taking a look to make sure that we've got equity and inclusion and diversity across the board. You know, Girl Scouts has always um, prided ourselves on being extremely inclusive. So that's something that uh, we'll, we'll never stop doing. Girls are changing, you know, the the, the the traditions of cookie camping and cookies are still there, but we're doing so much more. Uh, girls in technology, we've got a really robust STEM program. We actually here in LA call it STEAM because we include the arts. So a, a lot of our STEM programming, we've got robotics teams who are now competing and doing activities uh, virtually. We have cybersecurity badges, they can earn them in coding Lately, we've been talking about civic leadership, you know, with the elections and everything that's been going on politically in our country. It's given us an opportunity to really talk about democracy and promote the badges that we have for democracy, which is really, really good stuff. I think adults can learn a lot from that as well.
2: Since 1931, Financial Executives International has been the leading advocate for the views of corporate financial management. Its more than 10,000 members hold policy-making positions as chief financial officers, chief accounting officers, controllers and treasurers at companies from every major industry. And FEI enhances its members' professional development through peer networking, career management services, conferences, research and publications. Join FEI today to network with key influencers, understand emerging issues, advocate for corporate finance, and boost your career opportunities. Both individual and corporate membership options are available. Go to www.financialexecutives.org and click on Become a Member, or look for the link in this episode's show notes.
0: Brenda, you, you know, you've shared a really pretty incredible story of, of resiliency. In what ways do you think those experiences, your mother's illness, your divorce, and, you know, going through some of these career transitions and, and hurdles, how do you think those experiences have shaped you as a leader, as the leader that you are? today? Like, how has it influenced your leadership style, do you think?
1: Mm, That's such a good question. Um, There's probably no one short answer to that. Um, What I would say is that maybe the most important is don't sweat the small stuff. There's a lot more going on than most people know. (laughs) I used to have a sign on my door when I had my office that said, like, keep your drama out. Out of here, like there's no room for drama in the in the office, right? I've got enough of my own now, but I just, you know, people who worked for me knew that I just didn't have a lot of patience for drama. There's so many things more important professionally than you know whatever's going on that particular day. So I think I I have a um, and and I've been told this from the people that are my peers, and mostly from the people that work for me or have worked for me that. I have this calmness about me. I, I never shout. I never yell. And I'm really calming. And I think that the, the more severe thing that's dropped on my lap, the calmer I get, the calmer I become in a crisis, you know, and we've had to deal with lots of crises over the years. Um, I've dealt with a lot of personal crises, but also professionally, we've had to deal with a lot of things,
0: COVID being the most recent one. Now, do you meditate? Anything like that? How do you keep your calm and composure? You say you don't really raise your voice. I do not meditate. I don't. I think I breathe. (laughs) I, I breathe
1: and maybe that's part of meditation, but I just, you know, I take a deep breath and I pause before I react. Some of the things I do in my spare time are play with my animals. I honestly completely subscribe to the fact that animals do keep you healthier. You know, when you pet them, it releases those great hormones that, you know, make you feel happy. I also, um, I'm a jigsaw puzzler. It's so soothing to me. I can go zone out. I have a little puzzle room at the front of the house that it's just me and I get in the zone and that's my kind of zen moment. That's totally meditative. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I think it is. I could sit for hours. We have discovered that Girl Scouts because I now wear dual hearing aids. Most people don't even know that. And I'm able to pretty much function. Um, Zoom has been a great thing because I actually wear this Bluetooth device that channels the, the sound, the audio, right into my hearing aids, just like I'm wearing ear, earbuds. So I can actually hear crystal clear when I'm on a Zoom call. So it's been one of the, one of the um, I think, silver linings of this pandemic. Yesterday, you know, we had rain this weekend here in L.A. And so after rain in L.A., it's always such a beautiful, gorgeous time. So my uh, boyfriend and I went up to a park that's really high in, in the middle of L.A. It's Kennethon Kennethon Park. And we hiked around up there and took pictures. And you can see the downtown skyline with the mountains in the back with the snow, snow-capped mountains. And the, it's those days in L.A. that are priceless.